Hi, everybody, and welcome to Martin Van Dyke Undercovers, produced in partnership with the Ann Arbor District Library. George Hodgman is a veteran magazine and book editor who has worked at Simon & Schuster in Vanity Fair. His writing has appeared in Entertainment Weekly, Interview, W, and Harper's Bazaar, among other publications. Bettyville is the title of George Hodgman's new memoir, and it's named after his mom, Betty. George leaves New York City to return home to the small town he grew up in and was born in, Paris, Missouri, population 1,248, to take care of his mother, who was struggling with serious health issues. Bettyville is an exquisitely written memoir about the complicated but deeply genuine love a son feels for his courageous, headstrong, vulnerable mother in the twilight of her life. Recently, I talked to George Hodgman while he was in the midst of a very busy book tour in support of Bettyville. George was in San Francisco, away from his mother. I asked him how he was feeling and what it was like to be getting all of these rave reviews for his new book. Well, I'm on the road, and I'm really missing my mom. And um, I haven't, in four years, I haven't been away this long. It'll be almost two weeks by the time I get home. And she's had her struggles this winter. Um, and uh, I don't know. I'm I'm kind of I'm nervous. I'm I'm nervous about how she's doing. And um, I'm I'm excited about what's happening with the book. Um, and grateful i'm grateful is what i am i bet i bet give us a little bit of uh your backstory for our our listeners here i'm curious to hear more about your career and your life in new york city and what uh how this all uh the the book came about and how your move back home to take care of your mother all transpired if you could uh, kind of give us that thumbnail sketch of your career and then your return back home if you would well i um i lived in new york for about 25 years and i uh worked as an editor uh for books and in magazines, I worked at Simon and Schuster, where I started. Wrote flap copy, um, moved up as an editor. Um, then I went to Vanity Fair. Uh, later went back to books, and I have been kind of a, you know, typical New York careerist, ambitious, workaholic, neurotic. Um, Takeout ordering kind of person. I, uh, I I always say you know I'm, I couldn't keep a cactus alive, and I was <laughs> scared to have a dog because I'd kill it. And I um you know I I went back to Missouri for my mom's birthday. I had lost my job. I was you know they had reorganized blah blah, and um, I was doing freelance, so I could spend a little time and I went back and my mom had lost her driver's license and um, she had sworn to me that she would only drive a few very close places but she um, she rebelled and she broke the rules and she had a little fender bender and 
lost her license, and um, I was home, and, you know, it was a real, you know, crisis point, because I didn't, uh, I didn't want her to have to go to living, even though we certainly explored that, and I didn't want her to be alone, and just a lot of things came together at that moment. She was depressed and you know it was it was if all her troubles hit hit us at once and i didn't make the decision to move back there in my mind i haven't exactly moved back there but i made the decision that i wanted to stay with her and be with her and help her and um i uh you know i i think that for me i I was, and I've, I've never been a parent, and I, I haven't really been around people in trouble, people with diseases, things like that. I haven't really been in a situation where I was forced to, you know, stand up and take care of somebody and help somebody out like this. And I was really scared. I did. You know, I was. I have dreaded my parents' old age all my life and worried about it and. I've been worried about my mother for a very long time, and I just didn't know whether, I mean, I can't cook. I'm terrible with, you know, I'm the last person you want to call if you need help with insurance or understanding Medicare or Medicaid. or And, um, you know, I just, I didn't think I could do it. And I was, um, if this if this book has a lesson, it's that if you love someone, you all you have to do is try. Because I was, you know, about the least equipped person to handle a 92-year-old woman and, and her problems. And, you know, it's, it's turned out to be a good thing in a lot of ways for both of us. Because the time has, uh, I, I think we've been able to improve her condition and certainly make her happier than she was. And I have really benefited a lot from um, not only just being with her and having the time being part of a family again, but also there's something that, comes when you actually feel that you have kind of mastered something or become competent. And I just, I feel like I've learned how to do this. And I'm really, really happy hmm. that I've made this decision. How far along were you, George, in taking care of your mother when you decided or the idea struck you that I, I I should write this book about her and and about myself. When when did that idea take shape? I'm not, I um the first thing I wrote was a piece that was sort of inspired by her losing her driver's license because she's she's such a on the go kind of person and I knew what that was going to do to her. And I wrote 
a piece about her driving me to school when I was a little kid. And um, we would listen to the car radio and listen to the Supremes and the Righteous Brothers and Pachula Park singing downtown and the right, you know, and, sure. and she drove really fast down the highway because we were always late. And that memory of my mother in motion in our blue Impala speeding across, speeding across the plains, it, that just started it all. And um, and I began to take things down, and I I hadn't been home for a you know extended visit in a long long time, and you know I I kept remembering things because I think I was preparing to lose my mother and lose this home that has always been, despite the fact that I was you know, far away, it's always been my grounding. And, um, and the book, you know, the, the book is just, uh, it, it grew out of everything that I was feeling. And it didn't, I, I feel like I, I've, you know, if I sat down, if I told myself I was going to write a book, I, I think I would have, not been able to, but this book just happened. And um, watching my mother, I was I was just so filled with, you know, my, my mother. She tries so hard. She just tries. She tries to be to keep her independence. She tries to keep her dignity. She tries to keep her sense of humor. And um, you know, I just never. I've always loved my mother, but I've never felt this way before. I've never felt so moved hmm. or thought her so courageous. And, um, you know, I spent my life reporting and, you know, I've done books and magazine articles about and edited things about famous people and powerful people and, and here was my mother's ordinary everyday struggle and i was more interested in that than anything that i had seen uh and i uh when she got cancer and and uh we would you know we've been going to the get radiation treatments et cetera et cetera and meeting all these people at the cancer places and this is just this is a book about an ordinary woman's everyday struggle to stay and um to uh my mother is actively involved in trying to hang on to what she remembers and she works hard at it and um and so it it was almost that I couldn't not write it. I, um, I'm just her witness in this book. As a, as an editor, as someone who 
who makes other, you know, spent your, so much of your career making other people's work shine and improve it and, you know, say s- spotting errors in other people's work. Were there any issues with you being the writer in terms of <laughs> over editing yourself or never being happy with your own copy because, you're, you know, you've spent your life as an editor? Were there any issues with, with that, George, when you sat down to write this book? Or did it, did it sound like it just really it flowed right out of you pretty easily? Well, um, I am have always been too perfectionistic. Right, and I've always redone, and you know, I've often worked on things too much, and I have, um, you know, uh, I think my desire to get it perfect, to get it right, that editor's thing, has always inhibited my ability to move into writing, because I thought it had to be too good, and. You know, I I was able to relax and let go and see that what made this uh, a book or what made this a piece that was likely to hook into a reader's heart was not the perfection of language or sentences. It was It was about raw emotion and it was just about channeling what I felt getting being honest being real about what was happening to us in the moment and that seems you know I guess what I've learned about writing is something that I I didn't know before is that it's to make the connection it doesn't have to be the cleanest copy in the world it doesn't have to be the absolute perfect thing it just it has to be human. Exactly, exactly. I'm looking at this one phrase in your book, um, so many which uh, stand out, but just a quick little phrase where you write about your mother. I know she hates me sometimes. How could she not? I am the guard at the prison she will never get out of. Sometimes I'm just as pent up and angry. I loathe her too. Just a typical American family torn between love and homicide, but united in our way. It's just so, just so such a perfect, perfect series of phrases yeah. there, in which just captures so much of the the love and you know the the frustration from children and their elderly parents and and you just you just hit the nail on the head it 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 ain't easy and a lot of time it's about you know swallowing that emotion and uh, sometimes letting it out because uh it's it's tough it's tough to see your parents get older and it's tough to you know i'm taking a lot taking care of my mother's going to be 94th my two sisters and it, you know, we're for, I'm fortunate to, you know, I have two sisters who do the bulk of the work who are both r- retired and, you know, I do what I can and it, you know, it still doesn't seem like it's enough for her at times. Her health is generally pretty good, but uh, I can tell she's, she's really pissed off about not being able to move around like she used to. It, it tears you apart, you know, it's just, it's really tough to see that and you, you capture all of that, you know, that anger and that frustration and all that love and in your your book just so beautifully it's just why every everybody's relating to it so well was it easy to find a publisher for this were you able to find someone to put this out pretty quickly george 
Well, I, I wanted to say just one thing in terms of you said some really interesting things. I wanted to comment one please, thing on. Please, please. You know, um, I mean, one thing I said, I wish I could rent a sister. Can I borrow a couple of yours? <laughs> I'm, an, I'm an only child. And, um, <laughs> but it's like, part of it is that if you are going to, as they say, parent your parent, you have to sort of parent your parent, but always make them think that you're still the child. You really have to, you know, be very careful to try and give them the feeling that they have, that they still maintain their independence and control. And my mother, as you see in the book, my mother is rebellious yeah. against somebody who's going to, you know, let, try to lay down the rules or, you know, change what she wants to do. Uh, but I would not have her any other way. I, I, I would not want some little docile creature who just surrendered. My mother has not surrendered, and that's you know, I love that, and that's why I that's part of why I wanted to write about her. Um, the um, selling the book was it was it was you know it, there were several people who wanted to publish it. I think that um, a lot of people realize that so many people in our generation are going through this with their parents and that there would be some, you know, some things to relate to. Um, I, I think that they, the, the comment, I, I, the comment that I got so much is that the, the thing that seemed to attract the publishers is that, uh, it's not, you know, this is not a hallmark card of a book. We're, like I say, I'm an imperfect person who didn't think he could do this. And she's a very uh, independent spirit and has, uh, but I think what people were drawn to was that we're kind of funny. We're funny people. We're characters. And, yeah. um, that's what the, you know, that's what the publishers and editors seem to say, um, set it apart. The, they kept saying, you're like a comedy team. And uh, my mother and I have trouble saying I love you, but, and we have kind of, we do a bickering, you know, we bicker and we, but hopefully the reader can see how strong the bond is underneath all that. And, um, you know, we're not June Cleaver and Beaver. We're we're uh, we're just people who love each other, struggling to do our best here in this chapter. Thanks for listening to Martin Bandike Undercovers and our interview with Bettyville author George Hodgman. This has been a presentation of the Ann Arbor District Library.